This is the Deep V Podcast. Deep shit I could never say on the radio. I'm Casey Joe. I'm creating this space for the ones who live from their full heart. The ones that live life with panache and zest, but also struggle with that daily existential crisis. Let's talk about it. Here we explore breaking up with comfort zones and deep-throating vulnerability. The Deep V. Episode 1. Anything but sunshine. Hi, it's Casey Jail. My stomach's growling. Welcome. Hi. Hey, what's up? Friends, ex-lovers, total creeps. <laughs> it never gets old saying that. Is a podcast that different than a radio show? Yes, holy balls is it ever different. It's not live. You mean, I could do this as many times as I want? You mean, I can rehearse what I want to say and practice? You mean, there's no immediate response from you, the listener? I don't have a text line. I don't have a phone line. Well, I'm not going to give you my phone number. Unless you want to, like, pay me, but eh, nah, forget it. Why isn't there sex operators still? Like a phone sex line. I would have hit that up as a caller and as a job. You know, it's interesting moving from commercial mainstream major market radio to hosting my own podcast, just like everybody else. And you know what? I really like my boss. Love working for somebody that respects me and appreciates me. That's incredible. That's all you could wish for and more. I thought about waiting until the end of this podcast to tell you what everybody seems to want to know. Where I moved to. You know, as in some cheap attempt to get your attention to the end of something. So that once you find out where I moved to, you probably will just move on and not find me interesting anymore. Oh, that's just fear. That's just like dumb insecurities. Who cares if you found out where I moved to and then you didn't want to listen anymore? That's all right. Just let it go. So... I moved to the Sunshine Coast. And let me tell you, it has been anything but sunshine. Ah, <sighs> shit. I don't know if I thought moving here would be easy. It, I, must, I must have thought that it would just be easy because it has not been. <laughs> it has been terrifying. It has been painful. It has been alienating. It has been isolating. It has been extremely difficult for me to let go of who the fuck I thought I was. All of these labels and identities and things that I really clung to living in the city, that I really clung to as a radio host, that I really clung to as a person that was needed or constantly reached out to, asked for. People would come to me with their problems and their thoughts, their needs. Can you host? Can you MC? Can you write something? Can you hear me? Can you come to this event? Can you spend time with me? What do you think, CJ? And now I live alone with my dog who bit me today because she's protective of her food. She's a rescue and I'm trying to teach her not to growl when she's eating food and someone's literally just standing there, well, me, and so she bit me and it hurts and it's a wound and it's bleeding and it's gaping 
and I've been waiting for it to stop bleeding all day. I've got other shit to do, and it's really not convenient having this thing that made me cry not stop bleeding from a creature that I love and I endeavor to have patience for and with, who I know didn't do it to harm me purposely, you know? She just didn't want me to take her food because that's the life she grew up knowing so far and I was seen as a threat and she was in fear. That doesn't mean she doesn't love me. Oh God, this is all a mirror. (laughs) And I'm in this house alone on the beach in the woods down a long remote driveway with no neighbors, with no lights. It's so fucking dark. It's terrifying at night. There's a bear that lives here. Cougars. Coyotes, for sure. It took two days before I heard the coyotes howl. They knew we were here. And I was like, fuck. I'm in nature. I'm really in nature. Like, this is not living in Vancouver, going for a walk around Stanley Park, being in nature, where there's people everywhere, and lights, and society, and again, other humans. This is being alone. And I've romanticized being alone in the middle of the woods for years, romanticizing living in a cabin in the middle of nowhere. I don't need to be these labels I've identified with and to. I don't need the things that I think I need. If only I could just live this romanticized life in the woods. And now I fucking am. And you know what? My mind is so loud. My mind is full of pain and fear, and it doesn't want me to just be here. It's clinging and grasping to the past. Missing how I used to be, missing how I used to sound, missing how I used to stand, missing how I used to speak, missing how I used to look, missing how I used to move, missing how I used to think, how I used to feel. That's still me. I'm just in another time, here, now trying to define myself by how I used to be. But now things have changed. And people say change is good. And I say no, not always. (laughs) Change can be good. The only constant is change. The only thing I know to be true, well, besides the fact that we are born and die, whatever that means, is impermanence. Everything is constantly in flux, in a state of change. However, I think we like change when we feel we've been in control of the choice that leads to the change. Maybe that's just from my own personal experience. Maybe I only like change when I feel like I'm 100% in control, which lols, control is only illusion anyways. The only thing I can control is how I respond or react And sometimes I damn well can't even control myself. I can only try to notice it from a place of space and time later. But change, change is good. Change is awesome when we are in control of it. Is change so good and awesome when it's forced upon us, when it's thrust upon us, when we have to leave the city that we've known and loved and attached to and identified with, when we have to leave our home, lose our belongings, lose our friends? I don't know. And isn't it interesting that the only constant is change, yet in society we have such an aversion. We run away from change. It's so hard to accept that the only constant is change. 
We know that to be true. Actually, some people don't know that to be true. They really don't get it. It's changing all the time. And yet, we don't want things to change. We only want things to change if we say it can change. Interesting. That's been my response to everything lately. I don't, I don't even want to have a reaction because I'm not sure if things are good or bad. I don't know what's good or bad. I don't know if it's good or bad. It's too soon to know what's good or bad. So my reaction to most things has just been, wow, isn't that interesting? Wow, that's interesting. That's because, like, I don't know what to say. And people need a response sometimes. So you're just like, yeah, interesting. Interesting. It's an interesting time for me here on the Sunshine Coast. You think no Uber in Vancouver is bad? There's no Uber Eats here. There's no delivery service of any kind. I can't. I can't get smokes from 7-Eleven. I can't, I even can't get delivery food. I don't even know where you can get delivery from here. I, I just have to cook all the time and that's being an adult. <laughs> Man, I got recognized the first week I was here of trying to have some space and distance from people knowing everything or feeling like they're, they're owed that. How does it even happen? I was just like running with my dog on the beach for five minutes. Nobody was even around. And I went home and somebody blew up my Instagram and said, I I saw you on the beach with your dog. Pretty sure it was you. I'm like, what? Everyone blowing up my Insta DMs guessing, hey, did you move here? I thought I saw you. Did you you move to Grand Forks? No. If I was smart, I should have done a contest. I should have done that. Guess where I moved. Wait, no, no. I, I would call it. Where in the world is Casey Jolos? Oh, wait, I don't work in radio anymore, so I don't need to be cringe. I'm podcast cringe now, baby. I also don't really know anyone here. I've gone from sort of thinking I had any impact in the city of Vancouver, knowing people or being slightly known, and having that kill me sometimes, especially after being fired. Like... One time I went to the coffee shop near my house and three different, you know, I was there for five minutes. I I probably cried all day, probably took me all day to leave the house to get that damn ass coffee. And three different people came up to me that I don't know and said, I can't believe you got fired. Let's talk about it. And I was just there waiting for a cappuccino like I always do. Like I I always did at the matchstick at Main and 30th. That was my hood. And people coming up to commiserate or congratulate or empathize, being let go in such a public way. Oh, it was exhausting. I know people mean well, this is such a stupid thing to complain about. But I was just like, man, I just want to get this coffee and I want to get the hell out of here. I don't want anyone to know me. And now I'm in a house in the middle of the woods on the beach alone with a dog that bit me and people don't know me. And I'm like, what? How do I... Hold on a second here. How, how do I have any connection? How I mean, like this—that's what moves me. That's what—that's what moves. That's what makes my toes float and land on the floor each morning and motivates me to get out of bed. I need to feel connected to myself, to others, 
to nature, to God, the universe, source, energy, whatever. Music, words, art, animals, food, everything that our senses can take in, I need to feel connected. And that's not to say that I don't hear, but it's just a different level of connection in that I'm talking out loud right now to an inanimate object that's hopefully reaching you at some point and time and space. Yeah, the only person I'm talking to right now is myself because even my dog doesn't want to fucking listen to me because she bit me. (sighs) And it's bleeding through the Band-Aid. And I realize that the dog bite wound that I have now, I mean, this is just a metaphor. This isn't a mistake. It's not like I don't have my wounds bleeding through the Band-Aids every day. (laughs) Ugh, I'm so emo. I've lost count and lost track of how much I've cried here. And my teachers will say that it's a release, you know? There's crying and giving into the emotion. There's letting be controlled by the emotion. For example, if you are pent up and bunged up, you need to take an emotional dump. An emotional dump. You're bunged up and something happens and all of a sudden you're crying and you're crying for a long time. You're like, what's happening here? Am I crying about this or what is really going on? And you're just crying and crying and giving into the emotion. There's those kinds of cries, which I've definitely had here. But then there's also the kind of cry that truly feels like a release. Like I'm doing something. Okay, so like I'll be playing with my dog and I'm laughing and suddenly there's a smell, a memory, a song. I don't know. My brain is activated like, ooh, past memory activation, pew, 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 pew. And all of a sudden I'm choking down a lump in my throat and I'm like, you know, Casey Joe, you got to let it out. You got to let it go. So I open my mouth, tilt my head back and breathe and let the tears just pool down my cheeks and cover me. And sometimes I've stopped crying after like a couple seconds. I just choke it out, release it. Suddenly I'm done. And then I'm back to laughing and I'm like, whoa, am I totally psycho here? Or is this like crying from a place of release? Cool. I guess I have a lot of those to get out because I've just been crying from a place of letting the emotion control me and falling down a rabbit hole for most of my life. Damn. So here I am in the middle of the woods on the beach alone, getting what I wanted for and yet still miserable. Fucking miserable. Because I obviously thought it was going to be easy because I obviously thought it was going to be different than it is right now. Isn't that the way it goes? We want something. Maybe we get it. Maybe, maybe we don't even realize we got it. We're still wanting the thing but we're not even zooming back and looking from a place of observation from the watcher and realizing, holy shit, I got that right now, right here, whatever that means. We're just too busy searching and chasing after this elusive thing. And sometimes we get it and we're like, oh, be careful what you wish for. I didn't think about how I was actually going to feel or B, living in the woods alone, I romanticized it. I thought, oh, cool, I'll be chopping wood, having a fire. I'd love to have a dog one day. That'd be awesome. Lols. (laughs) Not fully understanding that, oh, damn, dogs are a lot of fucking work, especially on your own. It doesn't mean that they're not worth it. 
Most things that are a lot of fucking work are definitely worth it. I didn't really understand how I was going to feel. I mean, everything in my life has changed in four months. I'm not getting up every day. I'm not going to work. I'm not expressing myself in the same way. I'm not connecting with others in the same way. I'm not seeing my best friend, James Sutton, every day. He was a huge support for me. Like I knew it at the time, but I really know it now. It's like, oh, he's not there to tell me. Oh, he used to tell me this thing every day before we'd go on air. He'd be like, you're good enough. You're strong enough. And gosh darn it, people like you. And he's not there to pull me out of my daily downward spiral. (laughs) Shit. I guess I'll have to do that. Not very good at it, apparently. I'm not living in my 200-square-foot apartment anymore on Main Street, surrounded by my plants. I brought my plants here, and a lot of them have died. (laughs) Again, is that a mirror? Because I feel dead inside, too, in some ways. And sometimes we need to feel dead so that we can stop subscribing to these illusions and fully, truly feel alive. I'm not getting dressed the same way every day. I'm not doing my hair like I used to. I'm not putting on a pinch of contour and some eyebrows and highlight. What do I need to highlight here? You know, to be completely real, which I mean, I have been this whole time. I don't know why I just said that. The hardest part of doing something right now is that like, I don't feel confident. Like, oh, put out a podcast, apply for jobs. It's like, but I feel like a shell of a human being. There's, I don't need to highlight anything. I don't, I don't feel like I need to highlight a lifetime's worth of pain more than I already am. And I already have. <laughs> uh, I'm so emo. Emo is truly a lifestyle though. You know, you can wear Chuck Taylors and skinny jeans and a striped shirt and a beanie, toque, if you're in Canada. But that doesn't mean you feel deeply. And that doesn't mean you're going to commit to the emo lifestyle. That doesn't mean you're going to get bangs in your eyes. You know, have these side sweat bangs that fall dramatically right into your eyes for years so that you get a lazy eye. That's true commitment to emo. Please don't ever look at my left eye in a photo. It's always, a, it's always a little bit squished than the other ones. Those side sweat bangs, they seem like a good idea at the time. I'm not eating out like the way I used to. Don't make it weird. I'm not rushing around for coffee meetings in the morning. I'm not rushing around for dinner meetings with people after work. I'm not going to concerts. Oh my God, I love concerts. I'm not consuming content like I used to. I'm not hunting and gathering for show prep. Like my life was spent trying to figure out how to entertain people, like being on top of what's happening in the city, what's happening in the world, what's happening in my life, what's trending. I'm not doing that. So, yeah. And then on top of that, I got a puppy who needs me, barks at me, whines, cries, so much pee, so much poo. Oh, she's crying right now in the other room. (laughs) And that's a big life changer in itself. But then... 
I remove that of which I once had and I, I bring on having a puppy and then I move to the woods in the middle of the nowhere on, on the beach and oh yeah, so I lost my career and my sense of identity through that, which I know we're not supposed to define ourselves by what we do, but I can't help it because society does that. North American society programs us so that we think we are what we do. I mean, we ask people, first thing, we want to try to get to know them real quick, speed it up. We ask, what do you do? I mean, we do that to try to figure out if we should give a shit about the person or not. I know we mean it honestly, but it kind of sucks. Why don't you ask somebody, what do you give a fuck about? What are you passionate about? Why don't we ask people that? Despite knowing that I'm not what I do, it's still hard for me to not be a radio host anymore because I was good at my job. I was. I, I connected with an audience every single day and I've been a performer my entire life. I don't, I don't know how to not do that. And then people have been constantly asking me every day, months later still, why are you not a radio host anymore? And now I'm a dog tamer. That, that's my new, what do you do, CJ? I'm a dog tamer. Not really good at that either, I guess. <laughs> and I lost so many friends. I lost coworkers that I thought were my friends, people that I worked with for years I've never heard from again. I get it. There's got to be some sort of guilt or huge opinions on me. Gotta take it not personally. That's the biggest thing we're constantly told, right? It's not personal. The Four Agreements, one of the greatest books ever. Don't take anything personally. It's not personal. Oh, really? It feels deeply personal. <laughs> How do you take things not personally when it feels? No, when, when it is personal. I lost a person who was my best friend for the last year. That was extremely painful. I don't understand. I'm trying to reflect, trying to not give in to what I believe to be true because I know that can be a lie. There's two sides to every story and somewhere in there is the truth. I've lost people in my Family have cut me out. Other longtime friends have cut me out. And usually they won't tell me they've cut me out. They'll just uh, do what we do in 2019 to tell someone we've cut them out. And that is block or delete them on social media. <laughs> and then we expect them to not notice and like somehow feel like they're not going to know anything about our lives. Because we still post on social media and other people that they also know follow us. Okay, I'm speaking in too many fucking grand sweeping statements there. Okay, so someone blocks you on social media and you have mutual friends in common. Say this person's your sister, okay? Let's just say your sister cuts you out of her life. Obviously, there are still people that follow my sister or are friends with her on social media that I'm friends with. And they're probably going to tell me what she's posting do or what she's doing. So really, a block and delete is an immature way of creating a boundary. And instead, when we need to create boundaries, why don't we just have a conversation? Blocking and deleting can sometimes be good. But like, can you just give a person a heads up <laughs> when they're having like the worst time of their life? I mean, I okay, I'm, I'm holding compassion and empathy because I've been that person too. And I had to learn how to create boundaries 
in a healthy way. And it, this is all a mirror. This is, it's all a mirror, man. And here we are, not taking anything personally. My dog is crying in the other room and she doesn't understand because we don't know what we don't know. She doesn't know that biting me hurt. She doesn't know that she can't growl when she's eating food and someone's just there. You can't just be protective of your food, pal. Despite that that's how she experienced it at a young age. Rescue dogs. They're a lot more work. Having a puppy in general is work. I know any pet own any dog owner and any pet owner knows that. I don't even know how people have kids. I'm so deeply ingrained into my pain and maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe I'm cracking it all open and I get to heal it. But I don't even know how people have children or romantic relationships. <laughs> I've I've just resigned to the fact that I'm going to become an asexual person. I'm just going to chop off my hand my left hand, and suddenly it's going to regenerate into a new thing. And people will go, wow, look at you. You're more important than everyone else. You can now be more entitled than everyone else. Your responsibilities are different, yes, but because of that choice, suddenly you have more purpose and meaning in this world. Perfect. Can you tell I've been shamed relentlessly for not having children? which isn't really my choice. I have a chronic pelvic pain disease called endometriosis. One in four are affected. But yeah, that's where I'm at in my life. I'm chopping off my arm and it's going to regenerate and suddenly asexuality. I wondered, why hasn't that been added to the list of sexual identities yet? Well, wait, is it an identity? Maybe it's a sexual orientation. Like I orient as an asexual. I'm going to Google it. (gasps) It's a thing. (laughs) Uh, I only want to reproduce by chopping off bits of me. Here, here's my heart. Please take it. (laughs) All right. It's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. I had no real intentions here. I had no plan. This is out of the ordinary for me. Wait, that's everything right now. (laughs) You know, everyone tries to have everything scripted and rehearsed and perfect. And I think that's what this is going to be. Not perfect, not scripted, not rehearsed, not typical. Wow. What a weird thought. That's so weird. Everything that we do has so much preparation put into it, usually, and planning and editing. We want things to be the best. We want to look the best, sound the best, A game. All right. Well, this is my podcast. It is not the best, but it is real, whatever that is. And I thank you. Raven thanks you. Until we meet again, this is not goodbye, but it is good night. The Deep V is recorded on the Sunshine Coast in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. 
Music composition and production provided by Andrew Rasmussen in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Hire him for your next creative project, or if you need an incredible touring musician or composer, he's a pro. You can find me online at CaseyJoLose.com. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CaseyJoLose. It's like loose with no E. And you can buy my debut poetry book, I See You, I Am You, at ICUIMU.com. If you have any suggestions or confessions, send me a note. Email thedeepvpodcast at gmail.com. And most importantly, if anything resonated with you here today, please share it with someone you love or talk about it in real life. Thanks for listening.